What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second ever podcast. Uh, we've got a new name, uh, Unranked and Unfiltered. I think it's pretty good. Uh, and we've got a website now, so bit.ly slash berkeleypod uh, gets you the links for Apple Podcasts and Google Play. But today is an exciting day because it is. we are going to do today what it took 92 episodes of the long takes to do and that is to get a guest on so uh, that's pretty exciting if you ask me uh we'll be having another person named alex on later uh, in the show but first it's the first weekend of college football uh when the long takes was not on hiatus i was very big on college football and still am and that's the reason i might still record a few episodes uh if i have the spare time but for the moment, Cal football played their first game on Saturday, the 31st, defeating UC Davis 27-13. to I did some research, and UC Davis is an FCS team, so that's not very uh, enlightening for Cal's chances perhaps later on in the year, especially considering they went down 10 nothing. But, you know, maybe it's just an early season test. Maybe they're just getting the kinks out because... Aaron Rodgers got him a new locker room, so, you know, maybe they're a little complacent. I don't know. We'll see. But it was exciting. Uh, I think one of the things I was most excited about doing when I came here was getting involved, when, was having an actual rooting interest in college football. Because, you know, college football is really fun just as a sport in, in and of itself, uh, it, partially because every game just means so much, particularly for the top teams, which are the ones on TV. Um, and so... You kind of have, you, you know coming into every game that this game is going to matter. Um, and maybe not so for teams like Cal or, or, or UC Davis or teams that aren't of that caliber. But nevertheless, uh, it's, it's so much fun by itself. And then you add on the fact that you actually ha- I actually have an allegiance now. Uh, it just makes it like ten times more fun. I will say the Cal student section was a little bit disappointing, if I'm going to be totally honest. And it's not all on this. It's not just students or anything um first of all cal is students are its business right it's an it's an educational institution you should put the students first so why do you put the students in the part of the stadium that is directly in the sun's path like the press box provides shade for the wealthy people and then we're stuck on the other side where it's 95 degrees or something like that, and the sun is directly in our view, so if you're not wearing a cap, the sun is in your eyes the entire game, and the game's at 3.30, so the sun sets, and then it's directly in your eyes. I, it's just, I, in my opinion, I would not be at the 50, I would be okay with not being at the 50-yard line if that meant I could not be directly in the sun. Nevertheless, still cool to be a part of a student section. Um, another maybe opinion that might not be super popular with administration or whatever the guy that like the quote-unquote hype man look it's okay to have a hype man before the game it's okay to have a hype man during commercial breaks you know every professional sports team has that to some extent the Warriors have that uh, the Giants have that but not during the game okay I, it's bad enough that like the okay the Giants for example have like a ribbon around and they occasionally play the organ of like the da 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 da. 
Like, that's bad enough. But the fact that you have a hype man on every play going, make some noise, oh! Just, just stop. Please, just stop. First of all, don't yell into the microphone. It's annoying. Second of all, we don't need to get loud on every single play. Like, I was tired by, like, the third quarter, and I was quietest when I should have been the loudest. Like, it just does not make for a good experience if people just get... Because football games are three and a half hours, man. It's tiring, okay? And, I don't know, just my opinion. It It's, I think, just not during the game. Not during the game. But student sections are still fun, and I think if you go to a college with a football program, looking at you, UCSB, uh, definitely get out to games. Uh, it's fun, and get the combo pass if you can, because ours is 99 bucks for all the football and basketball games, so that's pretty sweet. Anyway, uh, so Cowell, they've got two good running backs, had over 200 yards of rushing, uh, during that game. This is a little bit of my sports analysis days going back. Um, but on the defensive end, they really locked up uh, in the second half of the game. Early on, it was just a mix of they were losing the field position game miserably. Uh, fumbling the first kickoff of the game, not good. Uh, not, not being able to move on offense, not good. Getting pinned back at your own five because you commit turnovers, not good. And ultimately, it just came down to them playing a little sharper in the second half. Uh, well, second quarter leading into the second half. Um, and ultimately, I'm not too worried about the Golden Bears. All, look, all I'm hoping is that they get to a bowl game. I, not, I don't have unrealistic expectations. Just win six games, get to a bowl game, something I can watch on TV, maybe beat a top 25 opponent uh, on the road at least, um, and I'll be happy. So, you know, low expectations, but hey, it's college football. College football is back and we are still trying to figure out what the hell is going on here but exciting because for the second only ever second ever episode we got a guest on our show today and that is another alex what's up guys my name is alex and i'm from arizona cool uh and so since it's berkeley and classes started on the 28th that means we are officially done with one week of classes as of today and uh, we're going to, guess, just tell you a little bit about what's going on. Uh, so we both are taking the CS class, right? Yeah, we're both in CS 61A. And that's the intro CS class at Berkeley. And in some ways it's cool. In some ways it's hellish. Uh, it has, what, two? Over 2,000 people. Over 2,000 people. people. So, uh, and for a little context, uh, for those of you listening who are maybe at smaller schools don't really get this, like 2,000 is like the size of like my high school. I don't know about you. My high school is minuscule, so I won't even go into that. <laughs> yeah, but what was your uh, what was your your first thought when you went into into Zellerbach Hall? When I saw Zellerbach Hall for Bear Pack initially, I realized how many people it could hold, and when I heard that our first lectures would be held at Zellerbach and that it would be full. I was very surprised when I saw. Yeah. And then when I saw it completely full, I couldn't believe it was actually true. Yeah, I know, because it was, it was like, what, it was the bottom deck, and then the stairs. And also the upper really? balcony was also filled. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think about, like, so many people are taking CS. What are we going to do for midterms? 
Are you going to take it in the stadium? Yeah, because at, at Berkeley, uh, uh, for this class, all of the lectures are webcast. And so you don't actually have to show up to lecture. And the professor's even like, yeah, you don't even have to show up for lecture. Yeah. Like, and then they're going to move it into a hall that's like, what, 400 people? Yeah, Pimentel. Yeah, so however so, many that can fit. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what was your first impressions of Daddy De Niro? I really liked him. I felt like he really knew his stuff, that he was pretty engaging in the way he presented all meme, the material. He's huh? a meme. Yeah. <laughs> the way he speaks has definitely, definitely become something of Berkeley's history. You know, I think the funniest part is how on webcasts he talks exactly the same as he talks in live lectures. Yes. It's like, all right, guys, this is uh, lecture number three. I have a friend who can do a really good John De Niro uh, impression. He's already finished 61A and 61B, and he's declaring CS. Wait, is 61B De Niro? I don't know. Okay. I'm not actually entirely sure. Well, either way, uh, CS is a giant meme at this school, just because of the number of people that take it, I think. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. All right, so now for our second little rendezvous in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about just, like, what it's like to live uh, here at Berkeley. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it's it's got its reputation, you know? It's definitely, I feel, a more positive experience than what yeah. I was expecting. Me too. It's like, I think one of the first things, I, I talked about a little bit on the first episode, but, like, when when you, when you hear about Berkeley, you get this... It, thought of a place that's just like run down to the ground with like no running water and like homeless people on every city block and while some of that is true uh i think you kind of get used to it after a while it's not so much that but i think it's more so the quick and ease of access to a lot of incredibly culturally rich areas in berkeley as well as a very beautiful campus and I think the only time that you might experience that, you know, more city-like, like, you know, ambiance would be just getting from your dorm to your actual class. That's the only time you're going to interact <laughs> with that level of, you know, civilization. Otherwise, it's very, very secluded from that. Yeah, I mean, I will say that the 10-minute walk to get anywhere is kind of annoying. But it's better than, like, living... Really far Clark Kerr in Clark Foothill. Kerr. Yeah, can we get an F in the chat for everyone just to live in Clark Kerr? <laughs> uh, and also Foothill. Did you hear about the um, list of dorm or list of places that are earthquake prone here? I did get that email from uh, the chancellor, and it's like essentially a lot of buildings are not safe. <laughs> I don't check my emails from the chancellor, so my parents were actually the ones who were like, "Alex, do you go to any of these places? You're gonna die." Uh, and I'm like. No, I mean, like, isn't Moffitt, like, the most popular place to go for, like, undergrads for libraries? I, I think so, yeah. yeah. Moffitt Library has all the sleeping pods. And... <laughs> you get waking up by a 7.0. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the food? Now that we have real food. Because I, I talked last week about the uh, the gruel that was GBO food. What about I'm sorry. Food? The food here is just, it's it's really hit or miss. Sometimes it'll be incredible. Like yesterday, they had amazing tater tots and hash browns, but today, I mean, they had tacos, and it was just, it was atrocious. Wait, what, were, what was the tacos? It was just, it was carne asada. It just looked like this, like, dark brown, like, just 
gravel, and then the salsa. You pour the salsa on it, and it would just immediately just dry out. It was it was pretty bad, but then they had good pork sliders with like coleslaw, which was nice. And the onion rings were of course good, but yeah, be careful. I've already had like some stomach aches from the food here, and I had a friend or I had a friend who told me that someone has gotten pretty sick off of the food here. So really? there's a couple things you gotta be careful of. Okay, because I had sushi from Golden Bear Cafe oh. last Tuesday. I was fine, but. Running the risk. Maybe there's not like a one-fifth chance that there's salmonella in a given batch of sushi. Uh, Who knows, right? Yeah. I feel like I've been a little more positive on the food because I felt like there's been more variety. But I feel okay. like that's going to recycle every like two weeks. So, Honestly, I've had probably two fulfilling, nice meals since I've been here. Not including the times that I've gone out to restaurants. Mm. But in general, the food is edible. Edible. There's yeah. certain times where it's not. And then it's just... Uh-oh. To everyone at UCLA, the food is really, really good. Right? Yes. Food UCLA food UCLA. sucks, by the yeah, way. UCLA food sucks. Stanford also. Don't even... Yeah, yeah not even Ew. comparable. Ew. Who? Who? No. Yeah, who, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? So, uh, another thing that we can do, we got Alex here. He's not from here. I am from the Bay Area. So, what do you think of it? <laughs> well, being from Phoenix, Arizona, a definitely metropolitan city... It's surprisingly very different. Arizona's very spread out in terms of the population of Phoenix. So while Phoenix does have a very large population, it's very spread out. There's not a dense amount of buildings like, you know, San Francisco or downtown Oakland, downtown Berkeley. And the other thing that I think I've found that's nice about the Bay Area is just the culturally diverse food that you can find here. Like, within any mile radius, you can find French food, Indian food, Chinese food, Italian, anything. And it'll all be generally good. Yeah, I think that's one thing a lot of people say when they come over here. It was, like, people from, like, especially in places that aren't, like, New York City or L.A. or, like, Boston that are, like, notoriously metropolitan. It's, like, I guess even here, because, like, okay, so I grew up in the suburbs, not San Francisco. I grew up, like, 20 minutes away. But even there, you have the same type of thing where you can get, like, any kind of food you want. And I feel like I'm kind of desensitized to it, where it's like, I mean, yeah, you can go anywhere and get good Chinese food or good Mexican food. Or... There are a couple other things, actually, I want to talk about. It's really awesome about the city. It's the public transport system. Yes, here. yes. BART is so incredible that it, we don't have it in Arizona. It's too difficult to dig stuff in Arizona because the, gro- the, ro- like, the ground is just rock. It's so dry. <laughs> Like, it's 120 in the summer, and it's just, you can't. So they're trying to install light rails across Arizona, but that is a very slow-moving process and a lot of problems during, due to cities wanting to spend money on implementing things. And the last thing I want to talk about is the temperature difference between Phoenix and the Bay Area. While the temperature is a lot lower here compared to the 110, 115 normal during the summer in Arizona, it feels really hot just due to the humidity. I'm not used to humidity, so in Arizona, if you sweat, it just evaporates instantly, so you don't actually get sweaty. In Berkeley, you walk from your dorm to Duenel, and you gotta wipe your forehead. (laughs) It's just how it is. And while it can be frustrating at times, just know that that light breeze is just around the corner that makes you feel really, really good. It's actually not unlike Hawaii, if you've ever been. I've been to Hawaii, yes. You get hella sweaty, but 
but very very humid too yeah but when the breeze comes in you know your life is saved yep also public transportation is amazing one of the uh perks of here is we get uh transit for free we get uh buses for free so i know that's pretty cool yes yeah i don't know how many times i've used the bus to just get around campus or even get to like indian rock uh very nice i recommend going and seeing the sunset from Indian Rock. You can see the Bay Bridge, you can see the Gold Gate Bridge, and all the lights of the bay around. Alright, well thanks for joining me. Uh, of course, anytime. Still figuring out what the hell we're doing with this, but you know, hopefully today was a, it's a good entry, you know. Still got a lot more stuff we can talk about. Yeah, thank uh, you for so, having me. Yeah, of course. Um, and bit.ly slash berkeleypod, and then tack on iOS or Android for your respective uh, platforms. And uh, thanks much for listening, and I will see you soon.